to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast, your local business community resource. My name is Denise Heidel. Not only do I serve as your podcast host, but I'm also the executive director of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. On behalf of the Chamber, thank you for listening and for your support of the Chamber business community. Okay, so I am excited to welcome back Kristen and Josh. Today's episode is on defining your company's core values. Um, we have already um, done an episode on your mission statement, or as we we defined it throughout the conversation, your core focus. But now we're going to talk about core values. Before we get started, I'm going to ask my guest Josh to introduce himself again, just uh, because this is a brand new episode. So Josh... Let us know who you are. Yeah, so my name is Josh Kwasney, and uh, I am a, a husband of one wife, father of four, five kids, and uh, I work with um, organizations doing something called EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is just a way of running a business, uh, helping business owners and leaders get what they want out of their businesses. So that's that's a little bit about me. I have plenty more, but it would probably bore you. Different different podcast. I seriously doubt that because you were one of the most fun people to talk to ever. But Kristen? And I doubt there's anything boring about the daily um, antics of raising five <laughs> <laughs> under one roof. Um, I struggle with the two that I have. My name is Kristen Johnson. I am the director of the Historic Broy Hill, also serving on the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce board this year as the VP of education, which means that I get to help bring in some really impactful speakers with some impactful messages. And Josh is one of them, especially for January. He's going to be speaking at our chamber meeting. That's right. And I am Denise Heidel, and I am your host of the very creatively titled Louisville Clemens <laughs> Chamber of Commerce podcast. That is awesome. Let's be right? straight. I love that. I love that. That was, really <laughs> it was It really took me a long time to come up with that name. Yeah. I worked really hard on Did it. Did you outsource that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We had a, had a whole planning yeah. vision board for the name of our podcast. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's very straight to the point. Yeah. So we're going to take a quick pause from today's podcast to recognize one of our sponsors, Marzano Capital Group. Hi, this is Mike McGilvery, financial advisor and partner at Marzano Capital Group in Clemens. We are privileged to serve this great community, and we strive to help our clients by building wealth management plans tailored to their specific goals. Consistent client communication is the cornerstone of our process, and we hope to add value to your financial planning needs. Once again, thank you to Marzano Capital Group for their support of the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So let's let's just dive in. We're going to talk about core values today. So I want to I want to focus on what is the difference between a core value and a core focus. Great, yeah. So I would say core value uh, or core values. You usually have more than one. Is a small set of a set of essential guiding principles that define who you are at the core and what you want out of the culture of your business. The core focus, even though they share the core part, the core focus is who you are at your core. Again, it still comes from your core, but it's what you love to do and you're best at. It's it's the mission of the organization. That's why it's often mission statement, vision statement. It's it's what why we're doing what we're doing and then how we're doing it. Um, but it but a core value is really who you are. What is and we we often talk about culture, right? It's it's what you want out of the culture. You define those core values, and that's what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, we've we've talked about analogies in our last episode, and so as I'm hearing you talk, I'm thinking, you know, these are related topics, obviously. So it's it's just 
you know, maybe a lot of people could confuse the two of them, but it's like maybe core core focus is, you know, your 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 brother and then the core values would be, you know, your cousin or something like that where you've you've got that relationship between the two of them. There's some common denominators there, but they still are individually indistinct, right? For sure. And I think they flow out of each other. So when I start with clients, the first thing we do is core values when, it, when we're talking about our vision. So core values is who you are. And then out of that, it's like what drives you out of that core. That's why we use the same word core focus. Now, out of that core, because it comes from our core, why do you think we stay at a, our jobs late in the evening? Well, if it's just to get a paycheck, that's going to be that's going to wear us out quickly. Right. But if it's because it's driving our core focus, what we really want and what our purpose, our cause, our passion is, but our core values are how we live that out. It actually describes the kind of people we love to be around. And uh, so they're they're definitely right there next to each other. But one necessarily isn't more important than, than the other. It's just they both come from core. Gosh, I wonder how many people start working with you, Josh, and it's almost like the Hugh the man in the mirror you know michael jackson song right where they're they I think you they, sing that for us actually stuck in you totally can that's great no, but I just, <laughs> how many people actually face their reflection and and come to actually a whole different viewpoint on themselves to say oh my gosh i have been doing this for 10 years because i'm good at it but it's not what drives me. Mm-hmm. What am I doing? I mean, I wonder how many, how many people, how many of your clients have had that? Well, it's a discovery. Um, you know, our, our logo is a light bulb for a reason. You just, you, you get these light bulb moments and some of those are around. We often confuse core values with, we, we state them like they want what we want to be when we grow up. Those are our core values, but core values are who you are right now. That And so we don't, we don't um, create core values. We discover them. They're there. Oftentimes we just don't even know. We haven't taken that look in the mirror to say, who am I? Like who, what, who do I, who, who are the people? Yeah. And, and and that's why those, those links between the core focus and the core values are so tight is because when you look in that mirror, a lot of times people have that when they, when they reflect back on why am I in this job? You need to ask that question, like, who am I? And then why am I here today? And that's so tough too, because Oh gosh. I mean, the psychological component of what you do has got to be massive because you're working with the leadership team, That's like right. you're working with the core folks. That's right. And if a core folk looks at himself or herself and says, what am I doing? Oh, well then you're up for a shakedown. Yeah. It can get awkward sometimes. That's so interesting. Yeah. And I may go back to what you said about being in the mirror, because I'm going to come break my own rule here. I don't generally talk about my personal business when I'm in the chamber capacity, uh-huh. but you know, I have a business called the resume nerd and I write resumes for people and when I'm interviewing them to prepare them you to get ready to write their resume one of the questions I ask them is what is your core value at the heart of what you do what matters most to you and nine times out of ten the person on the other end of the phone it it's it's like deer in the headlights they do not have a clue how to answer that question a lot of times because it, it's something that people don't think about on a regular basis of who they are at the core. That's right. That's right. And I think I think that's why you're really asking a core focus question, like the what's your purpose? What's your cause? Like, why do you do what you do? Taking a step even a little bit more intimately back and saying, 
who am I? What are the values here that I go by when we talk about our values? I, I think it's funny because it's like when you're on a plane, you're sitting next to someone in a plane and all of a sudden you start talking and they're like, I feel like I've known this person forever. Oh, yeah. It's because you usually have a core values hit. It's not, oh, we both work in the fashion industry. It's usually not that because then t- typically competition comes in. How do you do things differently than me? But when you're like, hey, we love Thanksgiving or we love baseball or like, <laughs> wow. And then you start talking, what's your favorite? Yes. Yeah, we're about right. Like all of a sudden, like who you are and what makes you uh, tick and, and what drives you, um, what's in that inside you, when you resonate with someone, it's like all of a sudden you've got this kindred spirit together. Um, and so when you define that for a company, the power of that is incredible. There's so, and here's, here's the cascading effect. Everyone in the company needs to fit those core values. But oftentimes, how many times have you you've seen or maybe you've experienced these sort of evaluation, um, awkward uh, moments where you have these conversations for reviews, maybe, and you say something like, you know, Chris, it's just not working out. And, and that's it. I don't know why, but it's probably a core values fit, but they can't articulate it because we've never articulated our core values. And then they're like, yeah, if you articulate them all of a sudden, like the reason you don't fit here or the reason I'm sensing this is because of this core value. That's right. That's why I hate working here. And all of a sudden, it's this like amazing thing. And again, we've so got to very- instead of like a, you're out of here. It's almost like thank you for giving me the the freedom to see that I did not need to be here in the first place. Right, because core values miss when you don't fit your core values. You're not a bad person. You're just the wrong person. Yeah. Right. We're, we, we there's so many different places. Again, we I think we talk about this core focus. Um, diversity is very helpful. And so when you have these different um core values sets of core values at different businesses you want to find those ones you connect and resonate with and then those will get you through those hard days because you remember you're with your people right so it's okay to you're not yes, yes that's right yes which i think is a perfect segue into you know one of the things i wanted to ask you about how the core values can impact the direction of a business so if you've got the wrong person in the wrong seat you know, sometimes it's a matter of shuffling. It's not necessarily that they have to be out the door, but it could be just you're in the wrong seat. Let's figure out where we can redirect you so that you your your values and our values are aligned, right? Oh, 100%. Well, so so Jim Collins, good to great. He's the one that talks about right person, right seat. We just give credit where credit's due. We talk about this all the time. And, and it's really helpful. It gives the analogy of the bus and being in the right seats. So here's the thing. You have to have both. You have to have right people in the right seats. You can't settle. Right. And so what you're describing is a wrong seat. Um, and so you might have people fit your core uh, culture, core values, like a glove. You love being around them, but they can't do their job. So then you go, OK, well, hopefully, because we've done a great uh, accountability chart, we've got the right people or we've got the right seats to find. Oh, Kristen can go there. And all of a sudden, everything's great. But when you have a core values mismatch, there's no seats because it's a culture thing. You have to have both right people and right seats. And I think those are harder conversations because what you end up doing is you have right people or right seats. They do their job really well, get hitting their numbers, killing it, selling everything, but they're killing the culture of the company silently. You don't even know it. They've got, they've got to find a place where they can fit because it's hurting the overall company culture and COVID saved a lot of people because everyone went home. Right. That's what we do with those people. We put them in closets and different different uh, offices and keep them away from because they're hitting their numbers. But what we don't realize is over time, even from a distance, our company is kind of dying on the inside because we don't have a core values fit. That's a right person. So those I put those both distinct, but they both need to be in an organization.
did you I mean I'm just I'm just kind of taking it all in and and feeling energized and it's actually a little bit of a scary topic when you really start looking into it 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 almost feels a little bit like therapy you know you go in and you've got to unearth some of the problems in order to fix them and I think sometimes when you're in an organization and you've got people in place especially if people have been in place for a long time it's a little scary to think about unearthing some of the psychology behind why you're not running perfectly mm-hmm. It is. It can it can be a, a hard thing. But again, I, one of my mentors say the truth is safe. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not easy, but it's it's safe because it's it's clear. It provides it's per, it provides an opportunity for us to address the issue. You can't solve an issue that's not in front of us. And so we've got to be OK. One of the ground rules I lay in my um, every one of my teams in every session, I said, I have one expectation of you is that you would be open and honest with each other. And if you can do that then the rest of everything will go well because we can put things on the table. And when I say that, what what the way we as an EOS implementers all talk about this, if you meet another EOS implementer, we'll talk the same way. Open means that you're going to listen, right? You're just, you're going to listen and receive. You're going to open a criticism, open an opportunity, open. And then honest means you're just going to say it. You're not going to pre-apologize. You know, I love you, Denise, but none of that. We're just going to assume that and move forward. And if you can do that and you start to unearth that, what you're going to be able to do is see some transparent issues going on then they're just issues to solve. Mm -hmm. But you're right. When it gets close to the person, it feels very dangerous. Uh, And so you've, again, you take your time. This is not a weapon. This is, these are tools, core values, core focus. These are tools. They're not weapons. They're not to find people and get them off an Island somewhere. But what you want to do for the greater good of the organization is you want everybody to understand what it means to be a right person. If they don't understand that, then they don't understand why they're either beloved here or they don't love it here. And it might not be because they're not good at their job. It might be because the culture is a problem for them. Right. Interesting. And I mean, and, and you know, as you're talking about being open and honest, okay, so I have to tell you this, I know we're talking about business, but this really covers anything because my husband and I have a saying called OHD and we've had it since we started dating and it stands for open, honest, and direct. Love it. And so that was one of the very first conversations that we had when we met each other. We decided we were going to see where this relationship went. We're going to be open. We're going to be honest and we're going to be direct. Now, direct does not mean unkind. Thank you for clarifying that. Yes. Because oftentimes it does feel it, like it that. does feel unkind, but it means being direct enough to say what I what I mean to say. And I'm, I'm saying it and I need you to hear me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's worked beautifully. I mean, yeah, there's been times where like, OK. I'm tired of OHD right now. You need to go over there. I'm going to go over here and we'll just come back together later and talk. <laughs> but, you know, just from my from my personal experience in my marriage, you know, I know how valuable having that willingness to be open and honest is. And I mean, of course, I, obviously it is essential for a business situation as much as it is for your personal life as well. Um, because I mean, good communication just doesn't happen without it. Absolutely. Somebody's going to feel misheard. Somebody's going to feel, um, you know, misunderstood and unless you're both willing to be open and honest about it. And, and don't miss the implication. This isn't just so we all enjoy working together. The business will suffer. The bottom line will suffer. The profit that you see going away. Those are all results of toxicity in your culture. And, and that's why it's a buzzword. Everybody wants a healthy culture and great places to work. And we have all these surveys you can take about that. Why? 
not just so it's warm and fuzzies, it's actually for the good of the business. So to execute what you want to do and to deliver the product that you want to reach the world with the, with the good news that you have in your business of what you're doing for them um, to make change. Those are all on the line if you don't have people who share the core values. And so you have to arrive with a bunch of diplomacy to be able to say, hey, we're going to talk to the business owners and we're going to talk to you about the fact that your business will run better. We also need to talk to your employees, to your leaders to say, hey, there's this veil of toxicity that we're going to lift and we're going to try to, I mean, it's it's, it's a whole system that you personally come in. And I feel like in just these two sessions sitting down that you are the perfect vector for the delivery of this because you do you're very diplomatic you're engaging and i think that you take away a lot of the the fear factor that people would experience going into something like this well i i do appreciate it's very kind um but what i would say in that though is the the power is actually when the leadership team learns to do that because i don't go beyond the leadership team i help the leadership team become those people and they lead by example so when we when we go there's some of the exercises we do to really to again to draw out these core values not to create core values is there's an evaluation of the leaders with themselves of whether they fit those core values and then they can come with humility and say I know we've said for the longest time this is a core value none of us really live this and so we're going to stop saying that you know mm-hmm. and so when you lead by example leaders go first and so what I'm really all excited about is getting a strong leadership team that can do that and then help the organization because um leadership is only happens when someone wants to follow you right you know i think you've heard this ad maybe i heard this adage before you're not a leader unless someone's following you're just a person taking a walk like that (laughs) that idea is so helpful and so you start with that like you leaders go first so i'm obsessed with team health of the leadership team because as the leadership team goes so goes the rest of the organization that's great that is great. great So we've been talking about people who are already within the company and sometimes right seat, um, you know, wrong person. Uh, We just had that conversation. But how can knowing your core values impact the hiring practices? What are some ways you can make sure that the people you hire will reflect your core values? Yeah, that's a that's a fantastic question, too. And, And I would say that core values are useful for hiring firing, reviewing, rewarding, and recognizing. You do all those things using core values. That's why a lot of times we talked about this, about mission statement can be something on the wall. We also see core values that could be on a wall, but no one's living them. And so I would say you, you spend, you hire slow and fire fast. You maybe heard that before, where you spend a lot of time talking to these people in different situations and getting them around other people in your company so they can see that it isn't just Kristen's core value or isn't just Denise's core value, but this is our core values. And you spend a lot of time talking with people and putting them in situations where you can see those core values lived out. One of the things I like to tell uh, clients to do is, you know, ask, ask them to talk about those core values and how they resonate with them and places where they feel like those core values are lived out with them. But absolutely positive. I'm glad you went there, but you've got to hire the right people. And that means you need to slow it down and make sure that you understand. And of course, some people are really great at pretending. You will find out because you're reviewing, you're rewarding, you're recognizing along the way. And after a while, what I love about this is when this is in the entire organization, the entire organization are on the lookout for right people in right seats. Mm -hmm. They're using that kind of language too. Because it's your core values. They're all being reflected right there. Yeah, because it's like, this is my place. I'm protecting, this is my place. I don't want want somebody to come here that doesn't fit and and disrupt all that. Again, not because they're bad, but because they just don't fit. And uh, people want to work at a great place. Well, they're going to protect that too. Right. 
So it's not just the boss's job, right? So what are some of the criteria that um, leaders should look for when they're trying to define what their core values are? Yeah, I think I think that probably the best way to say it is what you don't want to look for. There are um, so Patrick Lencioni talks about these three values traps that we fall into. The first one is aspirational. I think I already mentioned talking about the idea of we 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 define a core value like what we want to be when we grow up. They're they're aspirations, you know, whatever whatever they are, some great thing that it's not really who we are. It's just who we hope to be. Well, you don't put those as core values because they're aspirations, so that we kind of don't use those. The other one, uh, one, the second one is accidental. So saying a company that uh, had began with a, a lot of innovation and risk taking that got you where you are, but that's not going to perpetuate where you want to be. So those are sort of accidental. Those are things you definitely don't want to put as core values. Uh, and the last one he talks about permission to play um, or, or sort of just the baseline. And a lot of people say things like integrity and, you know, these words, but everybody says that no one says, I want people who are thieves, you know, like, like they don't do that. So, so you don't put sort of vanilla. It, it has to be something that's not just, of course, you're going to hire people who are honest, right? I hope that's a, but if you're honest to the point of you'll do this, you know, you, you know, to pain where you lose clients over your, yeah, maybe that's a core value. We're honest. To, well, then talk about what that honesty actually means for you, um, but not sort of permission to play. So if you stay out of those traps, and you, uh, there's a few different exercises we go through to try to talk about that. But I think that's the probably the best way, the best advice I could give here in this context is avoid those traps. Avoid those traps and you'll start to get to actual core values. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it's funny. I think we're both a little bit silent on the on the back end of the comments because I don't know about you, but my wheels are just absolutely turning about yes. specific examples or folks that are that are coming to mind. Myself, ideas that I have just going forward. It's right. I, I think everything that you bring to the discussion is really inspiring. It, it is. really is. There's a lot of wisdom, and it 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 is. It's um, my my wheels are going, and I'm trying to you know mentally process this conversation and like okay I'm ready to go pull out a whiteboard and Implement. start start uh, making some changes I love it well at least have so. some discovery I'd say start with the discovery and that's what I love about core values is again they're discovered they're not made I think we get in there what can be we always think about the outside what would people be impressed if we described ourselves but here's the thing they're going to meet you eventually and they're going to say that doesn't fit right you should describe who you are with all your quirks with like like that's the thing that's so fun is and I can give you examples of some of my clients which is just fun there's funny ones I've got a client that says you you need to love dogs it's one of their core values and you're like I really and I remember talking to them and I said um will you fire someone over that they they said absolutely they're FedEx delivery people <laughs> <laughs> they work in a business where they have dogs in, in their in their shop all the time and. Um, they describe it like you need to speak in nine octaves higher when you speak to our little dogs and so that because you will hate working there if you hate dogs. <laughs> right. And so we're not going to bring you on board for your benefit, not just ours. So something is, is and I use that as a simple example or a silly example, but it's a real thing for them. And I remember saying, are you sure? They're like, absolutely. I'm like, OK, well, that's a perfect core value then, because in the hiring process, if they're like, you know, I'm a cat person. I hate dogs. They're like, we're going to have we're done here today. Yeah. <laughs> And that's okay. Go find a cat loving place. Right? right. That is so funny. I actually love that core value because, you know, if you love dogs, then, you know, dogs are a great judge of character. Right? <laughs> well, that's also true. Bring the dog in as part of the interview. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> 
your service animal. <laughs> right. But those those things should reflect really who you are. You need to be creative with them and, and really try to get to defining who you are at your core. How many core values should a company have? That's a great question. Three to seven max. Less is more. And in fact, I tell my clients in everything I do, less is more. Do less better. Um, so three really compelling core values are better than seven to eight sort of, again, vanilla core values. Uh, at EOS Worldwide, we've got five five core values. It's be humbly confident, confident, mm-hmm. right? This idea of we want to have humility, but we're having confidence too. This sort of feels like their juxtaposition, but it's true, like humbly confident, right? We're going to be vulnerable. We're going to know our stuff, um, but not be arrogant. The one, The second one is we grow or die. Right. And that means we're always learning. We always want to continue to grow. We want our clients to grow on us. The third one is we want to help first. So we do everything um, help first, believing that if we can help someone, that'll be the best for them. And that includes we have a guarantee with the way we do things. We bring we deliver our service. And if it's not valuable, you don't pay like that's the, that's how that we put a stinger on that one. Right. We one other ones just do the right thing. We, we want to do the right thing. So sometimes that means it's not financially advantageous, but it's the right thing. And then we do what we say. That's the that's the thing. And, and here's the scary part. Even as I say my core values, I get nervous. Like, will I be, able, you know, will I be able to produce those? Right. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, too, I would say, but that's who I really am. It's one of the reasons I became an implementer. Those things resonate with me. Right. I want to be that person. And when I, And here's the cool thing. When you're you're not consistent 100% of the time, no one is in, in your core values. Right. But most of the time, I want to be that. And I want to know from you as I get to know you, do I do that? You need to call me out if I'm not doing the right thing in the situation or you really don't feel like it's help first because I want to live those out. I'm not a perfect representation of that. That is who I am in my core and what I want to be because who of what I uh, who I am at my core. So. Those are great. I, again, my wheels are just spinning. So if if you, if I had an organization that I wanted you to come in, how would you get started? What does that look like? With core values? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so again, we, we walk through those exercise, a few different exercises. One of them is just, just starting to think about people in your organization and why they're there, right? They're listing out things that, that tend to resonate with you for why they're there. Who are the people that you want to be around? And so I start with that. And then we just start using those traps to weed them out. And then we have we do, we open discussion. We do this with core focus, same way we talked about before. The powers in the leadership team, not the owner or owners, to tell everybody what our core values are. The leadership team that's around that table, they're all there because they fit that core focus and they fit the core values. We're starting to go around. And then, like I said, we also evaluate ourselves as a leadership team to see if we fit. And if we can't fit, there's some simple tools. We have something called the people analyzer we use where you grade. There's like a little grading scale about it. And we go around and we honestly evaluate each other. And if we all score below the bar, it doesn't mean we're bad people. That's just probably not a core value that we want to hold everybody else to if we don't fit it. Right. So we start there because, again, we want to lead from as an example. So those are some of the things that we do. But we spend a lot of time. Um, our The second day in our process is where we begin vision and what we do core values core focus and then most of the time get to our 10-year target but that's a, a you know half of the day spent really working through this because this is kind of heart work right this yes. isn't tactical work this is hard work so we, you know you can imagine during the day just trying to think through these things and being willing to be open and honest about those things mm-hmm. so. well one more thing so when the core core values are defined 
are they set in stone or are they flexible and fluid the way we talked about core focus, you know, may, may have some wiggle rooms for adjustment. Well, I'd, I'd say you're always as a business evolving and adjusting and, and um, you, you don't want it to be, oh, you know what, right now we're no longer that. And every quarter we're changing the core values. I think it's more the, the wording and the expression will change over time. And as you learn to be more open and honest as an entire uh, culture and company, you'll get some feedback from people outside of that leadership team room and go, is that really what you want to say? Um, and so I think they're, they're flexible in the sense of expression. But again, if you really tap into who you are, they're not, they don't change. Mm-hmm. That is who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, not again, who you hope to grow up to be. Right. Right. Well, this has been amazing. I absolutely love having um, you and, you know, sharing with us your wisdom and, and talking to us about these, um, these things, because your expertise is just phenomenal. And I'm just super excited to have you join us in January and, and be a part of our, our um, chamber community and share with our members all of this information. I think they are going to love it. I think our January meeting is going to be Yeah, if you guys are phenomenal. listening, make sure you RSVP to that January meeting because this guy's passion is contagious for sure. For yes. sure. You can see my notes I've taken So as being part of a podcast. That's right. <laughs> thank you, Josh. Yeah, thank great you. to be here with you guys. Thank you both so much for being here. And we will catch you next time. Be sure to subscribe and share the podcast with anyone else who um, is in your area who can learn and um, take value from what we've been talking about. So thanks so much for listening. Once again, thank you for listening to the Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce podcast. The Louisville Clemens Chamber of Commerce is a member-focused business community. I invite you to learn more about the chamber by visiting our website, louisville-clemens.com. And while we're in the world of audio, It's time for the fine print. Everyone has an opinion, but in this case, the views and the opinions stated in this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors. So now that you've been appropriately advised, let me remind you that this podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of the Louisville Clements Chamber of Commerce.